Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. You know, those, those who weren't around back then, I got to just emphasize, you know, Rock Your Baby was a phenomenon then. It was, I think it was the biggest hit of that year. Yes, it was. I won the um um uh, I was nominated for uh, the best R and B artist of the year, but I got to, uh I didn't win. And uh because of uh best best song of the year, but Stevie Wonder beat me out. Mm, that uh fly by night, Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he could have done without an award, he won all the awards. <laughs> yeah. But I was nominated, I got the award I have right now. You know, have the uh Grammy. I still have my wallet here. The, the, when you came back to do the next record, did you feel uh, like pressure to come anywhere close to like the success of Rock Your Baby? No, at the time, uh, they released off from the album band, this following up album uh, from the song was I Can't Leave You Alone. I can't leave you alone, baby. It happened when you're close to me. Uh -huh. Oh, I, I can't leave you alone. They released that. Uh, it got in the top uh, five in England and uh, in, in, in over in Europe area, and I think in the states it was in the it was in the top uh, top ten R and B. And uh, then and the follow from that was uh, I get lifted, and uh, I get lifted in a oh so I had I had about three or four songs. That was uh, hits, R&B hits, and uh, pop hits also. Just from that one album. Yeah. And the, and the album itself sold millions because of those songs off of it. All over the whole world. I also liked uh, Look At You. Oh, yes. One of my favorites, too. Yeah. Yeah, Look At You. Uh, um, make it right was one of my favorites on it song my, on the song too. Make it right, make it right, make it all right, baby. My face ain't sunny. I need you, honey, to make it right. Now, George, did you end up? It looked like you ended up with two albums with. Uh, that were self-titled, like right around close together. Um, yeah. That's kind of unusual. Yeah, this is George McCray. 
Yeah. They want to hear George McCready. He's giving George McCready, you know. 75 and 78 George McCray albums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe couldn't think of a title for the other one or <laughs> it could have been it's been so long, but that's they put just put George McCray on them. Yeah. Because it's what I guess it's definitely for the name now. Just it didn't even I was the title. Book for itself. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how did uh, you know that change your life? You know, after that, I mean, it must oh yeah, have, you know, radically changed really, things. Oh yeah, I uh, I started doing the world tour then, and uh, you know, it changed my life. Or uh, I got a divorce from Gwen because uh, we were going in different directions at the time, and she wanted to do her own thing, I guess, and. That was one of the sad times in my life, but uh, that's part of rock and roll, I guess. And uh, I had to back up and regroup. So I moved to, um, we were doing all right until, uh, everything was going fine until um, end of, the, of 79. And the 80s, that's when they uh, started saying, uh, Disco is dead because Rocky Baby, that song, Disco was, it's, that was the, the first disco song, actually. But for the disco revolution that came when disco came in, it was because of Rocky Baby and Case and the Sunshine Band. We the one started it. The Mind and Sound, Henry Stone. And because of that, that's, and then everyone, uh, started to uh, dance to all of our music because we were making dance music. People want to have enjoy themselves. They want to. They want to hear about sorrow, sorrow and blues and all this. They want to just party. Mm -hmm. And and we was coming out, coming coming off the Vietnam War and all this other other thing that was happening. And we all you know living on the living on the edge with a nuclear threat. You know, we don't know if we're going to be alive tomorrow or not. So we say, what the hell? Let's party then. Enjoy yourself while you can, you know. So this is the, our our mentality then as a, as, a, uh, as, as being young at that time. Mm -hmm. But uh, but now today, it's coming back, it's coming around again. It's all coming around again. People have been so dis, you know, discontent, and so we're gonna come with. They come with their own thing again. The new generation coming out. They want to party. They want to. All these threats hanging over us. Well, George, so that record. I mean, probably at the time, "Rock Your Baby." You didn't. I'm sure think of it. It was disco. You just thought it was, you know, soul or R&B or dance music. Right, I didn't think of a disco, but people were dancing to it. Yeah, that was started it, you know. That label just got put on it, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's really you know an R and B dance record, right? Yeah, R and B dance, but disco is R and B dance records. Yeah, although it really got a lot of it got very mechanical and sort of you know later new on. New technology, of course, of course, yeah. when new technology come out, but the whole idea, everything is the the basic is still there. 
the beat and the you know the beat of it, the sound of it, and the people when move, it's the it's the beat. It's the yeah. but pat your feet, you know. But Harry Harry Wayne Casey and those guys, I mean, they were musical, you know. Um yeah. the, you know, the stuff they did. Um, especially their early stuff was really funky too. Um Of course. They grew up yeah. they, they grew up listening to R and B music. These was two these was two white boys. These was two white boys, young white boys, love R and B music, and they love to sing it, and they do a great job with it. They grew up listening to it. You know, everyone when your heart is there and you listen to it, that they flow still stick. Elvis did the same thing. Mm. So you talk about Elvis, same thing. But and you talk about all the other rock stars like the Rolling Stones, you know. And, Right, all the blues. You know, all, they're all growing up just to R&B soul music. Yep. And he kept it there. And that's what they made them because they believe in it. See, they try to cover things up about music, but we all know that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's where the roots come from. But the roots also come from, believe it or not, country music. Country music too. I listen to a lot of country music. We like Patsy Klein. Yep, Johnny Cash, Loretta Lynn. I grew up listening to all of that stuff. It was good stuff, really. Conway Tweedy. You one of my favorites. Yeah, I have that country soul in me too. Yeah, that's all. It's it just roots. soul music too. Amer American roots music. Yep. Yeah, American roots. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you kept being very uh prolific in terms of your output. I mean, you kept you know throughout a long period of time, kept putting out records and albums and. Did, at some point, did you find that um, you had more uh, demand overseas than in America, or how did that go? Yeah, I found out because um, I had more. Um, yeah, when I uh, when PK Records um, uh, folded because of the disco era with with dance music, because they with this guy burned the records all in in Chicago, and disco was dead, and he you know did all this other stuff at the time so tk records went bankrupt and uh i was out of a record company so at the time um i moved to canada and i moved to uh winnipeg manitoba i stayed for 10 years and i recorded an album there it's a great album it's called One Step Closer. And uh 1984. I yeah. I recorded it there. And uh it was a beautiful album, but it, it, it the time I released a song from it, one song called On the Night. And um I re released the song, but then in nineteen, uh, that was in nineteen eighty four, and 
what killed it. You give it a chance with Michael Jackson. When Michael came out with Billie Jean and the thriller and all that, it's just it's just buried my song. <laughs> the album period. But the album was a great, great album. And uh but then Michael was too strong for everybody. It's it just killed everything. Yep. Said, Michael, Michael, give a, me a, Michael, give me a break. I was on a bill with you guys back in the mid-70s. No, Michael did his thing. I'm happy for him. Really. He, changed, he, changed, he changed it. But actually, he brought dance music back. Mm -hmm. They changed the dance music, not disco anymore. They changed it to dance. He came out with it like Madonna. You know? Yeah, 84 also is out. when Prince came big to, then too. Yeah, that was all dance again. A new version of it. Younger generation. But the same thing. When, you hear, when I heard um, now Roger was there doing it, you know, with Don, like a version, I said, this kid's not going anywhere. This hasn't gone anywhere. It's still there. They call it dance now, but it's there. Yeah, they later called it club music. They called it house it music. Club, yeah. <laughs> yeah, electronic yeah, dance music. Yeah, all electronic dance. Music. Oh, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. It's all based on soul, dance. If, if, from your heart, the rhythm is there. You make it move on the cable. And, and overseas, so when I did watch that close to the album, then uh, uh, it became uh, in the top. And in uh, one step closer, the song in in England in English charts. When did that happen? In nineteen seventy was uh, not seventy four. Nineteen uh, eighty four, eighty five. Oh, so later on, it it got to be a hit again overseas. Overseas, yeah, yeah. One step closer, one. That, that was a wonderful album that I did. One of my best ones, I think, too. Different style, but it was wonderful. And then, and after One Step Closer album, uh, I started doing some other things uh, uh, over in Europe. Uh, with a guy by the name of uh, Manfred Holtz. We did uh, a couple of albums together there and uh, out of Germany. And that was very successful, too, all the songs over here in Europe. And so, over here in Europe, uh, I had an office having a continued success. When, when did you start uh, spending time in, in the Netherlands? What year? I came to the Netherlands in 19... Um, the first time I came in 1975 on first tour, the world tour, with Rocket Baby. And then I came back to the Netherlands in 19... No, first I came to uh, Germany first. I left Canada and went to Germany first. And I uh, stayed in Germany for three years. And that's where I was doing uh, a couple of albums there in Germany. And then from Germany, I left from Germany and went to Netherlands. Netherlands in 1987. Okay, so quite a while now. 
1987, I came to Germany. I mean, came to the Netherlands. And in the Netherlands, that's where I been doing uh, my music over here and been here ever since. George, is, is there one particular performance that just really stands out that you'll just never forget uh, from, you know, whenever it was, maybe it was in the 70s, but, uh, you know, uh, whether it was just uh, an amazing audience or somebody, you know, joined you on stage or it could even no, be... My, my one, my one person I would never forget was performing in Madison Square Garden with James Brown. I was the opening night. And that was a big thrill for me then because I had just had Rocket Baby, number one Rocket Baby. And one of my, one of my biggest dreams was to perform at the Apollo. You know, for a black artist, you know, performing as Apollo Theta, that was the. Because that they tell you, you got it, you do one, you you know, you you can make it, they're breaking, you know. Apollo Theta was the spot. And all the artists, Motown artists, and you name all the artists, Al Green, and all of them performed that. Even Jane Brown. But for me, here I am. In Madison Square Garden. My first time in New York City, because all of my life they were telling me, never go to New York. If you walk down the street, you get robbed. You know? If you walk down the street, man, it's terrible. Don't never go to New York. I, as a child growing up, you know, I never would go to New York. Never, I'm never going to New York. I'm never going to New York. Because this is what I was told. I heard all the time. People go there and, and so um now, I'm on tour now. I've been going I'm in L.A., Chicago, and Detroit, and all other, Atlanta, you know, and all the other, Memphis, and all the other major cities of different, you know, Kansas. It's, and, but not New York. Never going there. And then I had to go there because Jane Brown, you know, was performing in Madison Square Garden. I was opening that. So I go there and I check into the hotel. And so I had my uh, manager at the time was Larry Brahms. Saying, I'm not going to, I'm going to, if I'm staying in this room, I'm staying in the hotel. I'm not going out in the streets. I'm going to stay here until they come pick me up, take to the Madison until I've gotten. So I was there about three days. And so I said, I'm going to go out and walk, walk in front of the hotel here up and down to see what's happening. So I get, I walk out the door and the doorman is there, you know. I don't know. Hey, people nice, people nice here. So I was right across from uh from the uh park. Central Park. Central Park. And so I'm gonna walk I walk down the street. Uh shoot, people are hey, what doing on thing? Everybody So I'm gonna walk off I thought I was walk across the street, I walking in the park and everything. I say, they people been lying to me. Hmm. <laughs> Who said New York was all dangerous, you know? You know, if you know dangerous West Palm Beach, the certain area in West Palm Beach you go to, you don't want to go to, you know? And so, shoot, they've been lying to me all this time. And I had had some of the best time of my whole life when I was in New York City. <laughs> really, that, and I went to Magic Square and I performed in Magic Square Garden. That was my best, I never forget it. 
And next thing I knew was after I performed the medicine, the garden that ended the tour for James, then had to go to going with the Jacksons, the Midwest tour, opening. So after the Midwest tour, they tell me I have to go to Europe. Europe. Yep, you have to go to Europe. So I came to Europe and when I came here it's I fell in love with Europe and I found out, you know, once you're a star in Europe, you're always a star. I don't care if it's 10 years, 15, or 30 years from now. It's like once you there, you're there. If people know you anywhere, I can walk down the streets in Europe, in Germany, uh, in Holland, Switzerland, I get recognized like like nothing. You know, I'd walk to, hey, that's going to, oh, yeah, America, America's more like flavor of the week, you know, but uh, yeah, overseas. Yeah, yeah they, America. And see, and so one thing about Europe is Europe is, is that way anyway, because Europe is the culture of the world that conserve history. And disco and dance and music that started. I mean, actually, we really started in in in, in, in uh in Europe. Germany, yeah. Yeah, German classical and and and, 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 and um not Germany, actually it was um uh, Austria. Austria, you know. Germany followed, but Austria it was the root of classical and Italy. All you know, those countries are always uh, you grow up, you know, the everywhere music started, and the history, you know, started from Bach, Chopin, and all that. But then the uh, the basic of music, Gregorian chant, hmm. you know, that's the roots of the whole music. So history is all is preserved here. You know, all the artists, you know. Picasso and you know and all this the painters and everything is documentary. Every the history is it's yeah. the root of the world history right here in, in Europe. They got it is, you know, in Switzerland and oh, it's it's beautiful. And you see this and you you see the states, oh man, if, and and if a lot of more people come really and and travel and, and see more of the world then yeah, that's the, the cool they're living in perspective yeah, yeah get more perspective i think we have more of a peaceful world too if you understand more people instead of being more afraid of them oh but to understand them you know understand their culture understand their i've been there Many places I've been. I'm in here. I am in the Middle East. On tour in the Middle East, United Arab Emirates. Uh, here I am. I'm in the desert with the prince sitting there in the desert, prince drinking a beer. Now it's illegal to drink. You know, there. But here I am, because I'm with the prince. 
God say, man, when you bring this billion, because the law is one of them. It doesn't apply to us. Hmm. Oh, okay. Whatever you say, it's good. Okay, just go with the flow. What What do you think uh, you would have said if somebody had told you 50 years ago when you're laying down those Tarzan yells in the studio that 50 years later that song would still be so well known and remembered? It's unbelievable. I, I am... I'm so honored. I'm so pleased. I'm so blessed. And it's something that's, that when I did it, I had no idea. But when I did it, I did it with love. I did it with kindness. I did it with hope. I did it with everything good when I was singing that song. And I did it with abundantly love from my mother. Hmm. Now she was uh, she was she was around then, so she could uh, see your success, right? Yeah, she was around then. I come from a family of nine brothers and sisters, wow. and I'm the uh, second oldest. And we had to take care of. Uh, all of uh, the rest of the siblings growing up. And then I was, um, I couldn't go to university because my parents couldn't afford to send me there. So I went to, uh, I joined the Navy. Because I, you know, I, at the time they were drafting for the Vietnam War. And I didn't want to go in the Army. So my best thing is you better go to the Navy and take that test and see if you pass that test. And I, I did. And another thing about it, too, because my father and my uncles, or my uncles and my father, they was, they was Navy men in World War II. So there was a, so a, a legacy tradition. Too. Yeah, yeah. so I, I went down to where my father and my uncles lived in the Navy, too. Oh, Oh, okay, I want to keep that tradition. Okay, you get extra points. <laughs> so that worked out really well. And, uh, and by the way, my father was, uh, he was the first black policeman in uh, West Palm Beach. Hmm. Well, that helped, you, that helped get you out of any jams? <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot of jams because my boys... I knew everything was going on in town. Who did what? What did who? You know, all the teenagers, you know, all, and and uh, they would never want. They, oh, no, you can't go. You can't go. Well, your dad's a cop. You can't go. I would never tell. I knew. I knew everything's going to happen, but they would never let me go with them because they didn't want to get me in trouble. <laughs> Your dad, you know, your dad is a police. No, they used to call me Skin. Skin, your dad, your dad is a police. No, no, you got to, no, you stay out of it. Hmm. And so they just used me, you know, to, uh, at, a, at a time growing up, to, uh, we used to go uh, play uh, football, sandlot football, you know, as uh, 
at, at different territories. So I was a negotiator to go and uh, organize uh, Fifth Street will play against 10th Street. 10th Street will play against uh, Pleasant Heights. You know, Pleasant Heights will play against uh, uh, 15th Street. You know, that's organized that, you know, and we have a championship. We're going to be the championship of that year. Sandlot football we used to play, you know, in in uh in school and uh, in uh growing up. Also you know, I also was in the Boy Scouts. Making me feel nostalgic now. Those were great times. Yeah. <laughs> also in the Boy Scouts. Explorers I made Explorer Scouts, yep. Our merit badges and all that. And that was a good time and it's not like now. I think if we still have more of that. And the kids today is uh they're in a whole different zone now. They're not just get out, they're not they all sit around playing video games and it's screen, and screen screens and, and instant uh, gratification. Yeah. Gratification, yeah. Hey George, let me uh, jump to um Lo the love album that you did in twenty sixteen. I wanna mention that because oh. uh uh, you had been away for a while and you came back with that and uh, it was a, you know, a strong record, I thought, you know, and. Uh, oh, yeah, it was. It is. Yeah. What, uh, what inspired you to, to come back and, and still keep at it and, and, and do that one? No, actually, I was never going away. I was doing song. I got many songs I was doing. I got a lot of songs I did. I was recording in Germany and everything, but I happen to be here in the Netherlands now. And, um, uh, Roger Heist uh, came to me and said uh, he wanted to uh, do an album. I said, okay, why not? So we came in and got together and we corresponded uh, together and we uh, wrote these songs and came out to be uh, the love album. Uh, and I uh, I flew my two oldest daughters over to do the background vocals on it with me. And uh, from the States. And it was a good, it's a good album, but uh, I guess it was a uh, wrong time. Uh, we got to play promotion, but it was enough. The, the, the right move for the people, I guess. It was George McCray and this uh, for my fans. It did all right, but I was hoping it would do better. Well, it was well produced and very musical and uh, Count On Me is really catchy. Yeah. Uh, sexy woman is uh, you know, funky fun track too. Yeah, yeah, call me. Yeah, that was a nice track. Yeah. And so, is that your most recent uh album, or did you have one since then? No, I just did. I just did a, a new single now with uh Linda Law. If in the uh, heritage chart, number one in the heritage chart, it's just coming down now. The heritage chart, but it's playing all over now. It's still playing. It's playing. It's called. Um, it's called "Separate to My Heart." Okay. If you go on Spotify, it's on Spotify, and also on. Uh, I think the other one, all the platforms that it's, it's on those platforms. Still up into it's a duo I did with English girls. Did pretty well. It's, like, it's they're playing the hell out of it now. A lot of places in England and the Netherlands. Uh, so I'm streaming. Okay, yeah. And how can uh, 
you know, people keep up with what you're doing and, uh, you know, uh, all that good stuff. I do that with all my, my fans on my, uh, Facebook and, and, uh, Twitter and, uh, Skype. You, you name all the platforms there. There a dedicated website as well that you want to mention? Big pardon? Is there a dedicated website also you want to mention? Uh, my website now is, is, is dorpcreek.com, uh, but it's not on that one yet. I got to up, update that one. Hmm. Type in Jordan McCray on Facebook there. You see my, my page. This, and also uh, go to uh, Linda Law, L-Y-N-D-A, uh, L-A-W, Linda Law. And you will see, we have a video out on that too. How did you meet her? I met her in, uh, she's an English girl, but I met her in Belgium. She's a songwriter. And uh, she sent me an email say, I wrote a song for you. And I and, uh, I really like to sing it with you if, if you don't mind. So I, she sent the song too, and I heard it. I said, sure, I'll do it with you. And it was like that. And what I did was uh, she sent the track to me, and I just put my vocals on it my little studio I have I put my vocals on it and then I sent it back to her and then she put her vocals on it along with her husband because he is the uh, producer engineer producer of, of the and modern technology the wonders of modern technology for music making right yeah and it came out so if you check that out step into my step into my heart it's a good song Nice. Uh, I can send the link to it too. One track I don't think I, I remember to mention, but I want to throw it out there from back in the day. Uh, you treat me good. That was also a good. Ah, uh, yeah, like, yeah. You make me feel like I want to feel. Make me feel, darling. You treat me good. That's one of my favorites too. So glad I got you. So glad I got you. Oh yeah, that's one one of my favorites too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How how do you um, care for your voice these days? Oh, sometimes I speak to my mother and my father. My mother, I go. Ah! My father, I can go with deep voice. My voice is good still. Yeah. Do you do anything to try to you know make sure you don't blow it out or anything? <laughs> No, no, Lord, I mean, I can't blow it out. No, to keep it up to par, I'm, I'm always singing all the time. And um, even when I'm walking down the street by myself, I'm singing, you know, thinking about a song, I'm singing. Uh, I'm, I'm always working my voice. And when I'm in the kitchen cooking, in the shower, I'm singing, you know, there's no place I walk. Every time I walk, I take a step, I'm singing. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that I you're mean, still doing that, you know, and you're still out there and good to see you and good spirits and good health and, you know, just warms my heart. Oh, thank you. And I've been blessed. I'm, I don't complain about anything. Um, I'm still singing. Um, as a matter of fact, going to work on a new um, album and also have some songs in the can that I never released yet. But I think it's time now to 
let them go. I did also. I did. I got a song, a couple of albums I did. Not a couple. An album that I did with uh, Rick Finch. I did it back in the. Uh, Mm. Late uh, 80s, late 90s, 90s, late 90s. We're Rick Finch. Yeah. I have that in the can. He's my, you know, he produced me with uh, with Casey. Mm-hmm. And there's some uh, beautiful, beautiful tracks. Well, we want to hear that, so bring it out, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. release those, yeah. Nice. Um, You know, looking back at the whole uh, George McRae story, uh, is there anything you could uh, point to that you'll say that you could say, you know, I'm most proud of accomplishing that? Um, I'm much proud of uh, being nominated for my uh, Grammy. R&B singer of that year, 74. And um, I'm confident because um, I'm proud of uh, going to South Africa, performing in South Africa. And uh, with my band at the time, and we performed to an integrated audience, the whole tour, because of Rock Your Baby. The whole, the whole tour was integrated. No one divided like the white side on that side and blacks so they were all together sitting all together in all these theaters and sold out and it was uh and this was, this and this was when Nelson Del- Nelson Mandela was in prison still. And I'm one of the few that did that and it's all because of my song Rock Your Baby. It was number one there in South Africa. And uh I met uh I met the uh um Warner Brown not Warner Brown, the uh the doctor that uh did the first heart transplant for the world, the did the first heart transplant. I met him, and also met the the uh, the lady who did the heart trans who had the heart transplant from him at the time. I never, I never forget that. And uh, just for me to uh, just to be there and to do what I did there in South Africa, and I had the uh, the Zulu nation gave me a name. It was the name was Mandela. Said Mandela. I said, what Mandela mean? You said man with the power. I said, really? Man with the power? Oh, okay. I'll never forget that. That's, that's one of my memories. Yeah. That's being in South Africa. Wow. What year was that, do you think? That was 1976. Wow. Bicentennial year for America. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there with my uh, newborn band then, and my newborn band was out of Miami. Uh, they were we was dynamite then too. Uh, one of my albums, my album, albums I did was the Diamond Touch album with, uh, with Greg Diamond, and I did that with the newborn band with TK Records. Greg Diamond was a producer, 
and uh, gave him back the feeling. One of the songs off that album that was pretty good. Well, George, man, so much fun talking to you and hearing these stories. And, you know, I just want to thank on behalf of, you know, all the listeners worldwide that will tune into this, you know, thank you for the music and thank you for all you've given us through the years. Bye. Thank you. And God bless you, man. And stay healthy. Yeah, likewise. And uh, yeah. thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, My pleasure. Glad we could make the time difference uh, work. And uh, uh, oh, uh, when and how did you get the uh, Worldwide Ambassador of Love nickname or title? That's a title because of uh, all the fans and um, Roger Heister said, um, George, you know you're the world worldwide ambassador of love. I said, uh, if they want to call me that, that's what I am, you know. So I just I just use myself now as George McCray, the worldwide ambassador of love, Mister Rocky Baby himself. There you go. That's a pretty good title to have, I would say. So, yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also, much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkandstuff.net, buying Everything is on the One, the first guide to funk book at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at funkandstuff.net, and linking through funkandstuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven, results-oriented, professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the Media Services section at funkinstuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkinstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on keep vibing on to the rhythm of the one.